Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Life is full of disappointments, and this show is living proof of that. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes educational, sometimes irreverent, but always entertaining and almost always on time weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, back home in lovely Concord, North Carolina. So in uh, tonight's show, Pipe Parts will be, we'll finish up the, uh, the Fast Five final questions from Las Vegas. And then my guest is uh, one of the uh, one of the great pipe makers of the world, Alex Florov. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant—all that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Uh, so I want to I want to apologize up front. Yes, I know it is Thursday night. <laughs> kind of back to the old old days for us. Um, it is Thursday night. Uh, Life just got in the way, and I just could not get a guest in time and get a show pre-recorded. I was out of town last uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday down in Orlando. So, here we have it, a uh, slightly late Thursday edition. Um, Hope you all had a happy and wonderful New Year. Uh, Thank you all for the uh, sympathy and the condolences we uh, did get my my great uncle had uh, health issues for the past four or five years, and uh, more of a uh, more of a celebration and happy that he's out of pain and uh, comfortable now. Um, also, hey, today and tomorrow, all four of us family are here in one house. Yeah, my son is back from Walt Disney World, done with his one year. Uh, his one-year college program stay down there, and uh, my daughter's home on Sunday. She goes back to school, so got all four of us back in the same house for a couple of nights. So that's kind of nice. Um, so yeah, today, tomorrow, Saturday, the family of four is back together again. <laughs> then she goes back to school. I go back on the road, and uh, my son starts teaching on Monday. I'll have to apologize to that class of third graders and their parents individually one at a time all right let's get the show going everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in thank you to the mcbaron tobacco company and here we go the carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation from the blue ridge mountains to the coastal low country It's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, We've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco. Blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. All right, welcome back, and here we go. So these are the last of the cards that I had from the uh, Las Vegas, uh, from the West Coast Pipe Show, from the dinner. And uh, this person, who I believe uh, might be Mrs. Steve Fallon, uh, writes down her favorite pipe is Colin Rigsby. Favorite tobacco, Hearth and Home Amaretto. Uh, 
favorite drink is margarita or amaretto and prefers a book when it's time to relax. Uh, let's see, next person is an uh, Ashton LX, favorite pipe, uh, favorite tobacco, 965, favorite drink, Mountain Dew, and prefers music. So there's an English pipe, English tobacco, and then uh, Mountain Dew. Uh, let's see, uh, favorite pipe, Stanwell Silhouette Billiard from the 1960s, uh, favorite tobacco, Escudo, favorite drink, Manhattan, and prefers movies, um, uh, not bad choices, um, that one's upside down, let's see, how about Rad Davis Tomato, Esoterica Stonehaven is favorite tobacco, yeah, that's hard to find, um, Favorite drink is bourbon and prefers a book when it's time to relax. And here's another Rad Davis favorite pipe, Escudo favorite tobacco, bourbon for the drink, and music. I wonder if that's the same person. Pretty close. No. Anyway, a couple of Rad Davis fans in there. Uh, let's see. Favorite pipe is my bamboo shop pipe. Uh, favorite tobacco is Rich's Sasha Plus. Favorite drink is bourbon and prefers a book. Uh, Rich's may be uh, Rich's Cigar Shop in uh, Portland, Oregon. I wonder if that's the store they're talking about. Should have, you know, now that I look at these, I should have gotten people to give a little bit more detail, but it was kind of, you know, on the spur of the moment right there at a dinner table. Um, next one is, uh, favorite pipe is Stanwell, favorite tobacco is 1Q, favorite drink is beer, and prefers a movie. Um, so there you go, there's a couple of aromatic likers in this group. Um, next one is, uh, favorite pipe is Randy Wiley, favorite tobacco, McClellan, Virginia, favorite drink, IPA beer, and likes music. And I like the answer. Uh, the, the question of uh, favorite pipe smoking memory, I uh, wrote in too many. <laughs> uh, and use the proper two in there. Okay, uh, favorite pipe is Apple Billiard Handmade by Yes Conowitz. Okay. Oh, it's Rick Newcomb. That makes sense. Uh, English Blends 965, Coffee, and... Uh, all three, although uh, prefers a movie. Um, all right, going on next is why can't I read the this one? Uh, let's see. Favorite tobacco is Virginia. Favorite drink is a single malt Scotch. Oh, it's Rolando. Okay, and it prefers a movie, and it's Rolando. And I'm gonna have Rolando on the show so that he can tell you about his uh, uh, about learning how to smoke a pipe when he was uh, when he was first starting out um let's see this one wrote favorite pipe jt cook favorite tobacco glp's black point uh favorite drink is an ipa by stone brewing company prefers a book and favorite memory was my first chicago show in 2003 eye popping um wonder who's a cook pipe fan that never mind uh, let's see, we got five or six more, so I'll go through these kind of fast. Favorite pipe is a Peterson 303. Favorite tobacco is Elfin Journey. Favorite drink is Jim Beam. Prefers a movie, and that's, uh, Brendan Berthold. Uh, favorite pipe is, uh, Tawny Pipes. I'm assuming that's Tawny Nielsen. Uh, favorite tobacco, Yellow Capstan. Prefers beer and likes music. Uh, let's see. Favorite pipe, mine, Condor Pipeworks. Favorite tobacco, McBaron Bold, Kentucky. Favorite drink, Scotch Bourbon, and whatever is in front of me. <laughs> um, when it's time to relax, prefers none. Conversation with friends or strangers. Uh, working in the shop with Jonathan... Oh, favorite memory. Working in the shop with Jonathan Lavezo of Moonshine Pipes. A... And very buzzed making my first pipe. That was Sean. Sean, thank you. Your printing is almost perfect. Love people that can write clearly. And let's see. These are out of order a little bit. 
Alright, the last three. Favorite pipe, Walt, Canoy, Suede, Billiard. Favorite tobacco, Bohemian Scandal. Favorite drink is Green Spot Irish Whiskey. Prefers a book. Favorite pipe, Sheraton, Shape 73. Uh, Favorite tobacco, Dunhill Elizabethan Mixture. Favorite drink is coffee. Prefers music. And a favorite memory is smoking while camping, watching my kids play. And that's Chance Whittemore. Uh, Chance is from uh, Great Estate Pipes. And uh, last one is Fred Berger. And his favorite pipe is a J. Allen Faux Calabash. Favorite tobacco is Crown Achievement. Favorite drink is Death Store Gin. I like the name. And uh, prefers audiobooks when it's time to relax. So there you go. We're all wrapped up on those. All right, in just a minute, Alex Florov will be on the phone with me. This is Internet Radio. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Craftsmanship, history, tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany, Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Barron Tobacco Company and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of Modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining me is, besides one of the most wonderful people you'll ever meet at a pipe show, uh, one of those rare artisan pipe makers who's Pipes are not only great smoking, but they are great looking. Please welcome Alex Florov to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, hello. Alex, just so that everybody knows, tell us, where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in uh, Moscow, Russia. I spent my childhood there. I get some different types of educations there, and then I come to the United States. And how to marry my future wife? And, and how long have you lived in the United States? Uh, about twenty-five years now. And and pipe making is not your full-time job. What what do you do for a primary living? Uh, I am an industrial model maker, but uh, I can't. Say my pipe making is almost my second full time job if I count the time I spend per week, <laughs> according to federal law. <laughs> okay, in case anybody's listening. Uh, so what what does an industrial designer do? Um, well, I said several uh, related to that subject job. I started with uh, making master models for uh, plastic model kits, like a scale cars, airplanes, tanks, and stuff. So we did the first uh, model out of wood. It was way larger than the future model will be. And, uh, you know, all the parts supposed to come together and stuff. So that was fun. It was my hobby originally. Uh, then I was a toy designer. That was probably the most fun job I ever had. Uh, Twelve hours a day, uh, I play toys and get paid for that. You know, that's kind of a dream. Yeah. Uh, and on top of it, that was a job when I did everything from the first sketch to the working prototypes. Uh, are so there? That was kind of fun. 
Are there any toys that you designed that we might know now? Uh, yes. Uh, Air Hawks from Spin Masters. The little flying toys. Yeah. This, everything they did 10 years ago come through my hands this way or another. And, and now what do you design? Uh, now I'm not designing. Now I'm working in finishing department uh, for the big company. We do industrial prototypes like uh, electronic devices. Uh, I know all, all kind of stuff. Wh whatever is around you, I cannot specify exactly uh, the companies we work with. It's a confidential thing, believe it or not. Yeah. And uh, well, uh, from table lamp to uh, car accessories. So they want. It all need to be prototyped. So they they have a product and they want it to they want it to look like, you know, they have an idea of how they want it to look, and then you make the prototype out yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. The, somebody, some company designed the product. They send us data, and we make a product which looks exactly like it's going to be in production. So it's uh, color-like, finish-like, weight-like, uh, touch-like, and, you know, those big executives, they take those models, they play with them. Sometimes they break them, send it back, so we repair it, or they do changes. So they, they, they want to uh, feel how it's going to be, you know, in real life instead of just uh, computer drawing. Wow. Now, did you, did you do this kind of stuff in Russia be, before you came here? Not exactly. Uh, I did uh, work in a design studio for a while, but that was uh, mostly to learn, not to do anything else. Um, one of my main jobs were uh, furniture restoration in a museum. So you've been working so that's, with... Uh, that's basically my woodworking skills come from there. But all your life you've been creating and building with your hands and uh, and making well, that, stuff. That uh, started a long time ago. All my family is uh, aircraft uh, engineers. And uh, to start make flying models uh, as a hobby was kind of natural for me. I start like about, at least my mom claims at age five or so. <laughs> I start to build plastic models, then flying models. Uh, and, uh, I actually give a huge portion of my life to uh, competitors' uh, flying models. Wow. So well, that's that's another uh, source of my skills, especially with machineries, because uh, everything is machined there. All right. So let's talk about pipe smoking. When did when did you start smoking a pipe? Well, I started to smoke it twice. Uh, once I started to smoke it in Russia, I don't remember exact reason. Maybe I want to look like, I don't know, uh, Sherlock Holmes or something. <laughs> so that was more like pretend like smoking than smoking. Uh, then I come to the United States and I saw way more pipes available than uh, I saw in Moscow at that time. But I just cannot afford them. And uh, my father-in-law, believe it or not, literally challenged me. He told me, like, you know how to use tools, you know how to work with your hands, why not you make one for yourself? And I made one pipe, I made second pipe, one thing after another, it sucked me in, now I'm making them every day. <laughs> so, so the first pipe you smoked really was one that you made? Uh, the very first pipe I smoked that was actually uh, from the company called Java. It's a Russian company. There is a lot of legends from where they got the briar, which starts with uh, a German shipment during the World War II sunk somewhere, and they sourced the briar from there, which I don't believe, <laughs> because salt water and briar is not mixing together. Uh, the briar was actually real bad there. Now I know it's bad. Now at that time we saw Briar is real good. Uh, well, that's how it started. But uh, in the United States, the first pipe uh, I come back to pipe smoking was actually my father's in law pipe. 
Uh, real funny looking briar pipe made in Turkey. I don't even remember which company. That was a nine millimeter filtered pipe which he never cleaned before. <laughs> so it smoked funny too. So then, so then you. Yeah, now you're laughing. Yeah, it was not a very pleasant or excellent experience, but uh, it at least moved me to the idea to make a better pipe for myself. <laughs> so that's how it started. So your first pipe that you made, was it just a, a traditional billiard shape or did you try to do anything fancy? Uh, uh, it was a bent billiard, uh, about half bent billiard. I still have the pipe, by the way. It still smokes. Uh, I bought a pipe kit. Uh, can I say the company name? <laughs> sure. Uh, it was a Timo pipe kit. Probably most of the American covers start with. Yeah. Just, you know, to try out the material. And uh, I bought a few undrilled pieces from them later, uh, and I didn't uh, satisfy myself with the quality of the material. And then the lucky thing happened, you know, like blessing from above. I went uh, to one of the uh, Chicago suburbs uh, cigar and pipe store. And I met some people from Chicago Pipe Club collectors. <laughs> and they took my hand. And unfortunately for me, that was exactly after the Chicago show of 2005. Or, to, no, 2004. I'm sorry. They literally brought me to the club meetings. I met a lot of wonderful people there, uh, starting from Frank Burla. Everybody knows Frank. Craig, Rex Poganpole, uh, and I can enumerate practically the whole list of members, as a matter of fact, who actually helped me with the things. And uh, they helped me to establish connections with Mimo, uh, who is my friend now and my uh, prime and almost only source of briar, and uh, introduced me to people who sell ebonite, some other materials, so... I had my own connections with machinery, obviously, and uh, I got my workshop set up. And uh, the help from the pipe club was, as I said, as a blessing from the sky. <laughs> so, so they, so they led you in, and now you're now you're completely trapped, and you can't get out. Well, I don't want to get out. <laughs> You know, it, it's a bunch of wonderful people uh, which connected not only by uh, pipe smoking. There is way more than pipe smoking there. And I think it's uh, my personal opinion that pipe smoking is like a, a social filter. It filters out people uh, who are uh, special in some way, you know, people who are friendly to each other to start with, because most of the pipe smokers are real friendly people. Yeah. And uh, they are, um, how to say it in English, w very wide educated people. They have so many interests in life. They try to uh, research, understand, and reach some new heights, you know, not necessarily pipe making, pipe smoker, or uh, anything pipe related. And that's what I like about those people. We're going to take a break right here. They're very here. passionate about whatever they do. That's the correct word. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about the style of your pipes and getting started, and then we'll talk about your stamps. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. 
for a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for cupofjoes.com. Cupofjoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. Cupofjoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly pipes. Check out their remodeled website at cupofjoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, cupofjoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Alex Florov. So, Alex, when you started making pipes, were there pipe makers that you looked at their pipes and and thought that you wanted to make a pipe like that? Uh, yes, of course. And uh, if uh, any pipe maker will tell you otherwise, they're lying. Yeah. Uh, uh, pipe making is a form of art, technically. And uh, in any art, uh, any apprentice, when they start, they do make copies of, uh, you know, well-known and famous masters. And I'm not an exception. And again, coming to the club, uh, Frank Bula literally uh, bring Bunors to my table when uh, he was at Chicago show, introduced me, and I had a really good and long lecture from I think the best uh, pipe maker in the world, how to make pipes. Wow. And uh, uh, before I get to the Chicago show, I obviously browse the internet, and uh, Bonord Pipes was one of the pipes which attracted my attention right away. Not only by craftsmanship, which uh, by internet it's really hard to judge, as I understand now, but they still look uh, better finished than most of the pipes. But uh, the proportion and the shapes itself, and uh, he was not afraid to introduce something new. And uh, probably on the same level, for the same uh, reason, I really attracted to uh, Tokutomi-san pipes. Because uh, he can make traditional pipes, everybody knows that. But when his creative uh, side overpowering him he can make really masterpieces was there something so was, was there something that Bo Nord told you that you still remember today uh, well I remember almost the whole lecture but the most important information he shared with me that's uh, proportion and the sizes of the button on the mouthpiece and I totally agree with him. It's one of the most important elements on the pipe because it connects pipe to the pipe smoker. And, uh, you know, it's like in two spaceships. If uh, something's wrong with that connection there, they will never connect. Right. So, and same thing applies to the pipe. And all the numbers, all the uh, advices he gave me about that particular uh, piece of the pipe, I still remember you wake me up in the middle of the night, I will tell you. <laughs> it's like a Bible, you know? Yeah. Is When you're looking at a block of wood, do you see the pipe in there, or do you just work at the wood and see what pipe comes out? Uh, that's a tough one. In a lot of cases, I see many pipes in one block. And uh, the hardest part is to find the best one out of those many. Uh, sometimes I start doing one shape and end up with total different shape because I open up the block and, as you say, I follow the wood. Yeah. Sometimes it started with a sketch. And the sketch can be made on literally anything from napkin to... Uh, you know, I have a sketchbooks, I have uh, pieces of paper all over the house and all over my regular work. So it's a very one way how it's all started. But most of the time, uh, I just look at the block, I try to find the best pipe in it and trying to dig it out. 
And, and of course, your model making helped you be able to visualize what was inside the wood and how to make it look that way. Uh, yes, it's uh, actually helped me a lot. Uh, I did make some little experiments to trying to draw a pipe on a computer in 3D. Well, it's never worked because I like uh, organic shapes, and organic and machine is not uh, comparable things. Yeah. But on the other hand, uh, working with a 3D model from a computer, which is combination of surfaces and wireframe over which the surface is built, it kind of strained my mind to see objects in 3D, even if it's imaginary object. So I can fit the imaginary object in a real block. Huh. You know, and ro rotate it there and see how it's going to take the grains and, uh, you know, directions and everything. Is, is there a, a shape of a pipe that you've been trying to make that you haven't been able to get one to work? Uh, well, there is actually two of them. Uh, one is the Bunor tradition. I tried it many times. I never get it to uh, that perfect proportion look of Bunor. <laughs> or at least close to it. Obviously, I cannot make a copy, exact copy of Bunor, but at least to make it, you know, what I feel when I see the real thing. And another one is the blowfish. Crosscut blowfish. It's endless shape. And I always feel when I finish one, uh, I should do this different, that different. I should add that element or take off another one. So it's, uh, you know, one of those shapes which has absolutely no rules to it. Yeah, so there's no, no guidelines? At the same time, it's uh, the most fun to make, too. <laughs> Now, is there, I, I've seen many, many of your pipes. Is there a shape that you think is most yours? Uh, Kala Lily. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> I, I think that's uh, very my shape. And some of the pipes I've seen you do at the Speared, Long pieces of bamboo are absolutely beautiful. Uh, well, uh, I wouldn't claim uh, that is my idea, because I'll be lying. The idea belongs to, uh, what's his name? Goto. A goto -san. Yeah. But uh, recently I learned a very interesting thing. K. goto -san did uh, what I call a double piercing. When, uh, let's say, blowfish bowl have a tail, and then bamboo come through the tail, then through the bowl, and coming out on the other side. Uh, I think he did the first one like this in 2004. So I wouldn't claim credit to that idea either. But recently I saw a pipe by Sixton uh, Everson. I don't remember the exact year it was made, but I believe it's the early 70s. And that was pierced pipe with a bamboo coming into the bowl and then coming out of the bowl. No tail. But I think, and the person who owns that pipe, he's a big expert on uh, uh, Danish pipes, especially on Iverson pipes. He told me that one of the first examples of uh, in and out bamboo. So I will not claim neither the idea or, you know, invention. <laughs> Is there a shape that you prefer to smoke? Uh, well, I can uh, roughly say the type of the pipe I'm smoking. It's uh, from straight to quarter band. The bowl size from three to four. Uh, I like bamboo pipes, so extension pipes uh, in my rotation, rotation as well. Uh, other than that, I'm not that picky. I like different pipes. I, I like billiards. I have quite a few of them. 
I like free hands. Again, I have a, quite a few of them. Uh, I, I, I don't have like preferred, like 100% preferred shape to smoke. Because pipes, like people, they all have different characters. And uh, tobacco is like a good wine. You know, good wine is good for that particular dinner. For the other type of dinner, I will take the other type of wine. Same thing goes with the pipes. Whatever I feel right now, I pick up the pipe, I pick up the tobacco, and I smoke it. And one of the, one of the other things that I really like about you in particular is that a lot of times when I see you at a pipe show, you're not you're not smoking a pipe that you made. You're smoking a pipe that somebody else made. Uh, well, that's another thing about it. I am a sentimental smoker. Yeah. That's that's my own term. Actually, I came out with that uh, years ago. <laughs> uh, I do like smoke pipes uh, of my friends. Pipe makers who are my friends, and uh, when I smoke their pipe, uh, you know, it's a different feeling. You know, at the show, it's not that much because most of the times they are there. But when I do it at home, for example, uh, believe it or not, I think about the person who made the pipe or what he's doing right now or what he's thinking or what he's been thinking when he made that pipe. Uh, I'm really sentimental this way. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, some people told me it's a bad marketing when you're not smoking your own pipes. Well, I do smoke my own pipes, but why will I uh, reject some uh, other pipe makers' pipes I own, like, and smoke? Well, well, we'll talk about how hard it is to get your pipes and where to get your pipes in a minute. But I want to ask you in particular about the... about some of the newer Russian pipe makers, and because of your heritage, do, do they come to you and ask you questions? Do you look at each other's pipes and and talk? Uh, well, I'm communicate with a lot of them. Uh, there is a, a Russian pipe smokers forum on the internet, and uh, most of the names uh, of Russian pipe makers presented there. And uh, Skype is a real good help, too. Uh, we do talk about pipes. We look at each other pipes. Uh, uh, there is a discussion on the forum, and, uh, you know, we join the discussions uh, to uh, express the pipe maker's point of view to the uh, issue. So, uh, but I wouldn't say uh, I do it, like, every day. Right. I just simply have no time for that. <laughs> You've got two jobs and a family. Yeah, that's that's the thing, and I got to juggle between those uh, important things. Uh, and uh, you see, uh, uh, there is another thing. I do like w look at other pipe makers' pipes when I'm not making the pipe right now in particular, because I don't want anything to shift me from what I'm thinking right now about particular pipe I'm making. And uh, the time when I'm not making pipes is actually very rare. So that's when you get a chance to look around and see what other people are doing. Yeah, that's mostly pipe shows, actually. <laughs> to be honest. Um, I, will, I will warn everybody that if... Don't try to keep up with uh, drinking with the, with the Russian contingency at the pipe shows. Um, it's it's uh, impossible. Well, uh, most of, uh, most of the shows, I am almost not drinking. Yeah. You know, I'm a pipe maker. If you're a collector, that's actually a good time to drink. <laughs> when you're a pipe maker, that's kind of a business meeting. <laughs> and I prefer to have my head clear. <laughs> I, I've seen some of the Russians, and they can drink all night long and then wake up two hours later and be fine. No, that's absolutely true. <laughs> I, I wouldn't name some other people who actually can pull that trick, too. Yeah. <laughs> They're not Russians. Uh, no, they might be Danish, but we won't talk about them. <laughs> yeah, they usually get defended. <laughs> um. 
Alex, where can we go to look at your pipes and where can we go to buy them? Well, uh, probably the first place I will name that smokingpipes.com. Yep. Uh, they got, I'll say, almost a half of my annual productions, typically. I make only the 50 pipes a year and uh, probably 15, 18 pipes goes there. Uh, the other good place is the scan pipes. Yep. Uh, they got some of my pipes, um, neat pipes in Italy. And there is a shop in St. Petersburg, uh, pipeshop.ru, I believe. Uh, that's it. And that's your annual production, so it was nice talking to you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, plus some Chinese, I have one Chinese dealer who is buying my pipes, uh, too. So uh, technically I have one American dealer, three European, and one uh, in China. <laughs> and, that, and that keeps you busy. Uh, yes, uh, they probably prefer I will work uh, 28 hours a day. <laughs> uh, in your free time with your family, what do you what do you guys enjoy doing? Uh, downhill skiing, that's the family thing. Uh, wherever there is a snow on the slopes and uh, we all have time, the whole family goes skiing. Uh, we also do uh, roller skating, kind of 80s thing, I know, but I still like it. <laughs> so that's another family thing we do. Uh, I try to spend some time with my older daughter, who is aspiring artist, and, uh, you know, doing little oil paint or, you know, do some drawings, and uh, it's bring me a lot of joy, too. And uh, we also enjoy uh, Japanese uh, food. So huh. sometimes we go to Japanese restaurants and just have fun there. Alex, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. What is your favorite pipe? The one I didn't made yet. <laughs> That's the Bo Nord answer, and I like it. Uh, what's your I didn't know that. What's your favorite tobacco? Virginia. What Bright is, Virginia, to be more precise. What is your favorite drink? Cognac. Is there a... Older the better. Uh, is there Russian cognac? Uh, uh, let's clear the question. The cognac, cognac made only in one place. That's the French Provence called cognac. Yeah. Anything else is brandy. Uh, and yes, there is, uh, uh, not exactly Russian. It's Armenian. Okay. So it used to be Soviet Union, but now it's independent country. Yeah. They do have a really good cognac. That's true. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Oh, it depends on, it depends on my state of fatigue. <laughs> if I'm totally cooked, that's probably a movie or a music. Yeah. If I still have some strings, that's a book. And the last question, is there any... Uh, particularly favorite pipe smoking memory that we haven't talked about? Uh, there's so many of them, it's really hard to pick something, you know, really exceptional. Uh, I think uh, there was a one of my, actually it was my very first show. Uh, it's 2005. Uh, if, if you remember that there was all smoking yeah. so a bunch of people sitting in the bar and that was uh, quite late I think a little bit after midnight bar was still open 
and uh, a friend of mine from New York, uh, he introduced me to uh, all the pipe makers. I saw only the pictures on the internet, and he introduced me to them alive. And uh, I think that's the very powerful uh, pipe smoking related memory to me when I meet uh, all of those famous people and they actually talk to me. And I've got one more question for you because I forgot to ask you while we were talking about your pipe making. Uh, can you tell us the story of your elephant stamping? Oh, that's the funny one. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned before, my father-in-law uh, literally pushed me into pipe making. And uh, his last name uh, is Slonim, which... Uh, in Russian, sounds almost like Sloan, which means elephant. <laughs> and that was his nickname all his life. So nobody called him by his name or last name. He was just elephant. <laughs> and uh, in honor of uh, his uh, good advice, I made my uh, stamp elephant. By the way, that's my highest grade stamp. It's not on every of my pipes. It's only on the special ones. And if you take a magnifying glass and look at the tail of that elephant there, it's actually spelled Slonim, because the eye is a tail. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a funny one. I love that story. But Alex, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Brian, for calling me and, you know, having that talk. I'm always glad to talk about pipes. And uh, actually, I'm always glad to talk to smart people like you. Oh, now you're, you, you may have overreached on that one, but how about just people like me? Uh, come on. Yeah, people <laughs> like you, yes, yes. Well, you see, Brian, we have a very long uh, friendship for years and years, and since I'm talking to you in particular, so I mentioned you. There you go. Thanks again, and uh, we'll be back with the show in just a minute. <laughs> There's nothing quite like a good book, or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Satleft Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malto Dolce blend in public. This is Internet Radio. We are back, and let me tell you, if you ever get a chance to meet Alex Florov, do not pass it up. He's wonderful to hang out with great conversations and talk about knowledgeable about uh, about pipes and the history of pipe making the guy knows a bunch about some of the great masters all right for music uh gonna start off the year with some classical some pablo casal doing a piece called reverie
before picking that piece, I listened to it three or four times. And every time sitting with my pipe, it just took me to a whole completely different place. Uh, when the show's over, grab it as a podcast, go back, listen to that again. Read the mail, read the mail, read the mail! In the mailbag from last week's show with Russ Hicks, uh, John Seiler writes, Hi Brian, I have not had the pleasure of meeting Russ. His artwork is very good. I see a resemblance to a certain person in the picture now that you mention it. The person I would have liked to have a pipe with would have been Barry Levin. I tend to agree with your pipe smoking past, present, and future. Red Cake Need I See More, You Can't Beat the McClellan Virginias. Uh, Music Bad Habit, Remington Park, Yes It Was a Bit Heavy. (laughs) Changed speed for you this week, didn't I, John? Uh, Rant, the quality of customer service can make or break a retailer. They all know it, but how many follow it? One bad experience will color their future in their mind. See you when you get back. I like the format tonight. Safe travels. Thank you, John. Uh, Lonesome Piper writes, Wow, Brian, what a show. Loved it. I especially like the change in format. The dialogue shows the subjects in different angles. I hope we have more of this in the future. I still miss that episode that Kevin and you did together and another one that you had an open conversation with two other guests. Uh, He's talking about Rick Newcomb and Sykes Wilford. Uh, he goes on to write the part about Virginia's and Perique helped me a lot to better understand the play of Perique on a tobacco. I was thinking all the time about, uh, tobacco blend that Glenn Quelch from GQ Tobacco's mentioned in his interview with you, the Ask With Cake. I never tasted it, but will be definitely buying some in order to try that 20% Perique it has. Uh, rant spot on totally agree one of these days i enter a clothing store and as i entered i was immediately in front of a well-dressed man which looked like the boss of the manager instead of welcoming me he looked away from me and started calling some salesperson to attend to me as he could not get anyone's attention he kept calling louder different names all while i was there one meter from him Feeling like a fool, I just turned my back on him and left. We'll never come back to that place again. (laughs) Three feet away and you were invisible. Well, at least he was calling people to you. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Casey Ghost writes, Like the reversal in the pipe part segment, I like Virginia's but much prefer a good English. Who would I most like to share a bowl with? Since I've already smoked with you, I think I'm good. Okay, thanks. Uh, The drawing Russ did was visually interesting, but when you look at it carefully, the two ears look to be arranged vertically on the head, kind of like dorsal fins. Uh, Dan, they do that a lot with Mickey. When he's doing a side shot, they rotate the ears so that you still see his ears. Um, Russ was a very entertaining guest. Nice exchanges between the two of you. Uh, another dreadful music selection. Five guys plugged into a wall outlet does not a band make. So we know what we knew that Dan was not going to like that one. Uh, and then he goes on to write: Sometimes salespeople do silly things. In this day and age, when people of all income levels dress very casually and look upon ironed clothes as some form of medieval punishment, it behooves salespeople to talk to everyone. Yeah. And finally, Bill45 writes, Hi, Brian. Enjoyed the change in format. Would like to hear that again in the future. Love Virginia's and Vapors as well, and Luxury Twist Flake. Enjoyed listening to Russ. He is very well versed in the hobby. I would have loved to have had a pipe with Billy Martin and Sparky Anderson and talked baseball with two of the greatest managers in the game. Sorry to hear about your great Uncle May. Rest in peace. Happy New Year, Brian. Thank you very much. You know, after uh, going back and... Uh, listening to the show again, uh, Russ's question about uh, pipe smokers of the past that you'd like to smoke with—that was that was great. We could probably do hours and hours of discussions on, uh, yeah, who would we like to, who would we like to talk with, and so on and so on, uh, and sit with, and who would we like to visit with, and could go on for hours. And finally, the last thing I want to mention is uh, the St. Louis Pipe Club will be doing their pipe show February 20th, coming up at the uh, Webster Groves Masonic Lodge. This is the first year they're moving to it. Uh, The show website uh, is... uh, Show website is... 
well, not quite set up yet. Anyway, if you got any questions, go to pipesmagazine.com and look in the comments for the show two weeks ago. You can get a hold of uh, get a hold of Bob Metzler there, or uh, reach out to him if you want to find out about. It. I unfortunately, because of a scheduling conflict, will not be able to be there. But again, it's Saturday, February twentieth, two thousand sixteen. The St. Louis Pipe Club or Pipe Show at the Webster Groves Masonic Lodge. So check that out. All right, rant time. Just a minute. Meet Josh. Everyone at SmokingPipes.com holds customers as a high priority, but nobody interacts with them more personally than Josh. He's our professor of pipes, if you will. As a previous professor of history, educating the customer comes easily to him. He loves explaining the history of a particular pipe to a customer or coaching his customer service team. I love to help customers find that perfect piece for their collection. It's my job to make sure there's a smile on the other end of the line and I'm more than happy to be the one to put it there. And although Josh's job can sometimes be quite demanding, he doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why? Because I don't just sell pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345. That's 1-888-366-0345. Or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com Cowboy Cowboy There are some dumb people in the United States of America, and how do I know it? Because I was out Christmas shopping with a lot of them. Uh, two days before Christmas, I walk into a uh, walk into one of those decorator stores looking for gifts, and they had all the Christmas items, all the uh, Christmas ornaments and Christmas little display things and the stuff that my wife likes. Uh, all of them were 50% off. Okay, big signs. All Christmas decorations, 50% off, including ornaments. All 50% off. 50% off the lowest price marked on the item. And right below all those signs, they had printed out on an 8.5 by 11 inch sheet of paper a Excel spreadsheet decorated in colors that showed if the original price is $19.95, the discounted price of 50% off will be $9.98. And it broke down all the prices to show what 50% off is. So here I am, you know me, I go up to the pl- go up to the register, buy the thing that I want, and I said to the lady working behind the register, do you really need to have that sign that explains what half off is? Really? She said, yeah, unfortunately, we, get, uh, we got a lot of people that would come up and ask us, what is, what's this going to be if it's 50% off? It's a sad day in this country when you are in a retail store at Christmas time and they have to explain to you what 50% off is. Imagine this, if you go into the store and they tell you that this is buy one, get one free, then they need to have a little sign down below there that says, if you pay for one of these at full price, we will give you another one at no price. Because if they can't understand 50% off, they probably can't understand buy one, get one free. Lord have mercy if you did a 30% off deal for people out there, or... 40% off. They'd be so confused, they'd have no idea which end is up. All right, there you go. The Pipes Magazine radio show back on Thursday for one night only. We will be back uh, next week, Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Back to our standard Tuesday, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Follow the Pipes Magazine radio show or like it on Facebook. Tell all your friends about it. If you haven't gotten a chance, please leave us an iTunes rating or review. We would appreciate that. And thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time. Happy trails to you.
bombadida, 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 Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy My New Year's resolution for this year? To get a better job than being the announcer on this dumb show.